Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for this final romp into the world of Star Trek Picard, question mark, you know him, the mathematician, the guy that likes to throw math into every conversation where possible, Commander Eric, and the guy that likes to be contradictory only when it's appropriate, you know him, Lieutenant Commander David, first of his name, Mother of Dragons, and etc., etc. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing quite swell. Ooh, swell, good. Man, we're off to a great start. Great start. Great start. What in the... I feel like it's been forever since we've all been together. How, how have things been going in y'all's world? That good, great. So... <laughs> I was, I mean, I've kind of oh. missed the, the silent treatment a little bit, you know, like it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a while. Cause I had to take, I had to take a week off there, uh, while you guys were recording Vox mm-hmm. for, for that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had to change up the recording date on this because, <clears throat> you know, somebody else couldn't make it work, but you know, whatever. it's fine. It wasn't it's me. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bus throw under. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little thing called exhaustion slash spiking a fever. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. They, they say, you know, fever a day keeps the doctor in your life. Well, I am in my life. So, oh, bazinga right there. <laughs> <laughs> Caught that one. I understood that reference. It was funny because, uh, so your, your invite on Facebook comes up, and Ashley says to me, Why is Facebook notifying me that Chase is a doctor? Because it says on unche- achievement unlocked. And I was like, it's just like, I don't need to know. I already know that. You told me that. We, we know all about this. It's like, yeah, that's the invite to the whole party. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife was, uh, <clears throat> my wife's the one that's spearheading the thing. So she uh, created the the event for it. And uh, yeah, she thought it'd be kind of cute to call it Achievement Unlocked. And um, after the fact, she was like, yeah, I just figured I'd do that. And you could create some artwork to go for it. I'm like, okay, fine. Challenge accepted. And I did. So <laughs> you can create some artwork, Chase. Boy, can I? Ooh. Yeah. So, so you coming, David, you coming? Not sure. Okay. Uh, I'm still not a hundred percent on that. Okay. Okay. See how it is. Eric's coming. I did. I, I RSV. I hit the RSVP button. He did. <clears throat> You also have the benefit of living in the same state. Yeah, it's a little bit easier for me to get there than it is for you. <laughs> hey, hey, what what would take longer for me to drive from San Antonio to Fort Worth, the Fort Worth area, right? The DFW area, or for you to take a direct flight from Columbus to Dallas? What do you think takes longer? Five hours versus two and a half. Yeah, it's like two and a half for a flight. So yeah, it Direct is. Flight, but, yeah. I mean, there's like the De Niro part of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then 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 another like 
you know, freaking two hours to get from Dallas Love to Chase's place. You know, the, the secret compound. Is, there's no, there's no, it's not that there's long, no actually, airport but... in the Fort in Fort Worth <laughs> on that side of the Metroplex. Yeah, we we know we fly southwest. Oh, okay. South Southwest goes into Dallas. Okay, or Love for at least from what I've like, experienced. Love Field is only like twenty minutes just further east of DFW International. Well, I mean, yeah, listen. Then another two hours past that. We, we were looking, like, the Columbus airport is on the other side of the city from from where you are, or from, from where, uh, it's, from where it's your wedding really is going to be. From where your wedding is going to be. Like, if you look yeah, on the map, well, I mean, on like, opposite sides of the city. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, where we're at, it's like 15 minutes to the airport. And to be frank, if you guys, you know, are still coming down, I'd probably recommend that you just stay around where we're at so we can show you cool German things. But, mm. you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit there. Cool German things. Cool. Yeah, German. Cool. You know, sausages and stuff. Mm. You can trade your cowboy hat in for lederhosen. Let's do it. Can I wear lederhosen to your wedding? If you want. <laughs> you can do whatever the heck you want, man. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, shoot. That might be fun. Just showing up to, to David's wedding in lederhosen. I mean, we... We wore green and like shamrock stuff for Eric's wedding. Let's do lederhosen for David's and see what happens. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm part of a Scottish clan. I, I'm part of a Scottish clan. I could wear my kilt. I'm part of a clan too. A Scottish. What's, clan? what's your clan? Clan Hane. Yeah. From okay. my from my paternal grandmother, right? Okay. I'm part of Clan Mackenzie. Okay, got the mix yeah. still there. Yeah. Yeah, the McKinneys were part of Clan McKenzie. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> How about that? I'm not a part of a clan. It's fine. You know, anyone can be part of it. Just go to go to an, an Irish festival or something. Hey, Scottish clan here. Scottish clan over no, here. No, okay, no, but here's the thing. I not went to the Irish. North Texas... Listen. We're not the mix in the old McKinney or something over there. (laughs) Listen, okay. I'm Irish and Scottish, okay. Um, When when I went to the North Texas Irish Festival, um, it had to have been probably six, seven years ago by now. Um, There was, I mean, there was like both Irish and Scottish like booths set up throughout, which. I don't know, you might get in a fist fight in other places. But anyway, you can go to these places and like just see like if there is any traces, like if you can trace any kind of like ancestry back to a particular clan. Like as long as like you know like some some semblance of like your heritage, like where you come from and like makeup and stuff like that, they can try and trace it. And uh, with a name of McKinney, which also connects to the McKinney's, um, that's how it like all came together. So I'm not here to get into a fist fight with the commander here, but um, anyway, that's that's a little drink song. off, drink off, drink. <laughs> okay, commander, you have that one. <laughs> oh, oh man, boy. Well, um, <clears throat> semester is over with um, over my neck of the woods, so I have like a week off from um, teaching and then like it just starts all over again. It's going to be great. 
It's going to be great. Another 15 weeks um, starting uh, the week of May 1st for uh, the summer semester. First seven weeks is just teaching a seven-week class, but then it's May 1st, like August 13th or something like that for my internship class that I'm teaching and supervising counseling students. So, yeah, it's great. It's it's the class that never ends. Never ends. <laughs> Sounds so fun. Right? <laughs> 45 of my 52 weeks. Oh, that's weird to, to say hey, out loud. Hey, you know, that's how long most people work like that. That's just weird, man. That's I mean, just... yeah, Chase. I mean, like, have you ever tried living in the real world? <laughs> no, it's like I'm. This is strange for me too, because like Mother's Day weekend, I'm used to being done with the spring mm-hmm. semester. Like that's it, Mother's Day weekend. Our school year this year, where I am, we have we have to go back after Memorial Day, like that, like Memorial Day on that Monday. Our last day is that Friday after Memorial Day. It's like. I know it's only like three weeks, to, but it's, just, it's gonna feel like a lot, long, long time. That's on, honestly, that's how I felt. Um, I think it was like my um, first year at, at in high school because I I could have swore we didn't finish until like the first week of June, and I'm like, what that's is this? Was. Yeah, I think I think our graduation chase was in was in June. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, now people are finishing up in like early May and junk like that. But they start, you know, different times yeah. now. So, well, like here in here in like yeah, but- Texas, like we always started early in Texas, and um, I want to say it was like a week to two weeks at least before um, Labor Day, and we would usually get out around my birthday, um, which is like third week of May. Uh, yeah, and, but Michigan has a state law that says public schools can't start until after Labor Day. It's for tourism. It's, for, it's for tourism. Tourism. No, that's what it is. All that's that what it's very for. important cherry tourism. Yay, cherries. Yay. I just watched something on cherries, so, you know. I've been to the Cherry Festival in Traverse City. That's fun. Cherries are good. They're good. Yeah. They're very good. <laughs> Have you, have you, Eric? Have you been to Traverse City recently? Um, yeah, twenty fifteen. Does that count as recent? <laughs> Considering 2016, 2016 was the last time I was in Traverse City. So yeah. Okay, that's recent. I don't know. Recent-ish. It's been almost a decade. Good. Yeah, great. eight years. Let's not give it a day. Let's. <laughs> I said almost a decade, my dude. Almost. I feel like you have to get to nine years for it to be almost a decade. Okay. All right. He's the math guy. He he deals with the numbers. I'm just here. I'm That's just a here. true mark of somebody getting older. Mm-hmm. We're all I the flinched. same age. <laughs> Stop it. I know. Look, <laughs> look one of my one of my, uh, my my Star Trek friends um, posted like these like 3D set tours of like different ships and. Um, one of the 3D set tours was of Star Trek The Experience in Las Vegas. And I, I was commenting on it. I was like, yeah, man, I used to love going here. Like, I remember, like, the first time I went there, 17 oh, years ago. <laughs> I'd, like, I quivered. I was like, oh, oh. Like, to admit yep, that out loud. experience now. Oh, my God. We are experienced. <laughs> Gosh. Ah, just wait until you start being called distinguished. 
<laughs> I don't want to be. <laughs> no, you can't make. Yeah, you could be the distinguished professor. That's like something they give to like, someone who's been there. Some old, old codgers. What they do? Who <laughs> they don't teach any classes anymore. They just let them keep an office. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want. When you start wearing a tweed jacket with those little arm thing, the elbow, elbow patches. pad deals. What's the point yeah. of that? Fashion. To, to save your elbows. Come on, man. I, lo- I love just the look, by the way. I like in 20 years, I'm going to be rocking that look. I mean, I don't know if I mind it. I just don't get it. Like, is it like the, 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 the fabric is just too weak? So they have to like reinforce it like with elbow pads? Like, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. I don't. I'm pretty sure we're all wearing t shirts. So our fashion sense, I don't think extends that far, does it? You know? I'll speak. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, fellas, shall we talk Trek? Yes. All right, everyone. Everyone, everyone, welcome to the show. We're going into spoilerific territory, so this is your red alert. Red as alarm. We talk about the series finale of Star Trek: Picard, season three, episode. 10, the Last Generation. Guys, it's here. Three long seasons. This final 10th episode of the third season. And, um, man. Man, oh man. We have a, we have a lot to get through um, in this episode. And um, I know there's been some chatter online about this being like the return of the king um, of Star Trek Picard. Um, and maybe in, in a couple different ways, but certainly with um, what felt like multiple endings at times uh, watching this. So um, anyway, with that, um, we'll get David's um, opinion on Vox um, here at the very end, like particularly with your, um, your rating of that since you weren't able to join us last time. Uh, so we'll make a little extra time for that, um, hopefully. And then um, anyway, we, we pick up um immediately after um after Vox ended uh where we're on the the Enterprise D and um <clears throat> we're we're trying to get the heck out of Dodge um to go you know go save the 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 fleet and just humanity in general and we are getting a um a voice over cameo right by Walter Koenig who um we knew as Pavel Chekhov, who's now voicing his ancestor, Anton Chekhov. What do we think about that? I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was. I was digging it. Yeah, I liked that. That was like a very subtle um, little nod to Anton Yelchin, you know, who portrayed the the JJ Trek version of Chekhov. Yeah, people are saying that. I did not even think of like Anton Yelchin. I thought of Anton Chekhov, the playwright, the Russian playwright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You're familiar with? I'm aware. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Wrote the Cherry I mean, Orchard. It's a very famous play. Yeah. Usually, lots, lots of yeah. people read it in their intro to drama class. We we looked at a bunch of Chekhov plays and monologues whenever I was actually taking drama one in high school. Um, oh. my, uh, Denise Botsky, who was the drama instructor there, uh, shout out to Botsky. Uh, she loved Chekhov and 
so many other playwrights and made us be very, very familiar with them. Anyways, yes. So we had like a little nod to that. We got to have some connection with original Star Trek, just having Walter there with us, which was kind of cool. I did see this image of um, of him, Terry Metalis, and um, <clears throat> um, Todd Stashwick all watching the uh, series finale together um, at someone's crib. So it was kind of cool, them all watching it together, eating like popcorn and I don't know, doing something. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, we have um, Anton... Um, who's telling us, like, or telling the audience and telling just anyone that can hear, like, stay the heck away. Um, bad stuff's happening. Do not come try and help us. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, in some some trouble yourself. So we have to kind of figure out how can we sever this connection? How can we shut things down and try and make things right? And we're trying to figure out where the Borg are and... Um, um, eventually we do, right? Um, Jupiter. Yep. So we got. They're stuck. In, they're stuck in the big old eye, the big old gas part of Jupiter, um, and um, we we decide to set a course at maximum warp. And when I heard maximum maximum warp, I heard, I just heard like a little bit of frustration from um, from the dear commander because I know he comments so frequently about like, why does everything have to be maximum warp? You don't travel everywhere at maximum, you, when you get in your car, you don't like automatically go 120 or whatever your car's maximum speed is. That's just not the way you, you travel. I don't care how urgent it is. Except in Texas, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> No, I mean, like, that's a good point. I mean, like, yes, like, your your speedometer might say 120 miles an hour, but, like, that's just so that you can travel those higher speeds without burning your engine out, for Pete's sake. You don't want to, yep. you know, mess up the, I mean, an already ancient, even if it has been, like, restored, you know, by Geordi, uh, you know, warp matrix, basically. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like it's, you know, brand spanking, like, right off... Um, right off the dock or anything like that. And from honestly, Utopia, Utopia Planitia. What would maximum warp be for a refurbished ship like this? Would it would it be warp nine point something, or would it be like warp two? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what he what he put in there, right? Well, I mean, yeah, how, well, are, you, are, you are you gonna like <clears throat> remember the universe that Picard takes place in? Right, we had all of these ships. Right, that we were trying to build to help the Romulan relocation, which feels like forever ago, right? And like we forgot about that, and our shipyards were destroyed. So, like, do we have the spare parts to like allow him to build, rebuild this yeah, but, ship that's going to be in a museum? But Eric, did any of that actually happen? Yes, yes, it did. But did it actually happen, Eric? <laughs> Because I'm starting to wonder if any of that actually happened. You know, there's something that I want to point out that did actually happen. And I might actually impress Eric with this. Dominion War was a little thing that happened in Deep Space Nine. Yes, it was. And part of the Dominion War was there were issues with being able to produce enough ships for the fleet for the war effort. So how 
in blazes? Were they able to keep this Enterprise D saucer and this other, you know, star drive section just in in Jordy's garage and not repurposing it, recommissioning it, whatever, for the Dominion War? That's a fair point. Yeah, sentimentality, though. Did I impress you, Eric? That's a fair point. Mm, I have them from time to time. Yes. But yeah, sentimentality is is part of it. But I don't know. Like, I mean, it's whatever. It's it's fun. We got the Enterprise D. I'm not complaining about having the D um, in in Star Trek. You're not what? <laughs> you heard what I said. <laughs> I said what I said, <laughs> Lieutenant Commander. I said what I said. Okay. He enjoys the D. I get it. Hey, what'd you say? <sighs> Nothing. <laughs> All right, so we maximum warp our way to Jupiter, and we get this gorgeous, gorgeous shot of of the Enterprise D just arriving. And I don't know if y'all like were were noticing like the detail in this shot, but like with those like windows, like you could just see like the orange doors and the panels and just all that stuff that you would expect to see in those corridors on the Enterprise D. Was I the only one that noticed that? I don't think I looked like that far into it, I guess. I, I was only able to actually view this once. So. I mean, I, I didn't view it that closely, but I'll just say this episode was stunning from a visual perspective. True like, story. Agreed. Some of like maybe the best v, VFX we've ever seen. Agreed. Like, and it's not super discovery over the top, like pyrotechnic guy. Yeah, man. Fire. <laughs> Has anyone checked on him? Is he okay? I mean, he just works on discovery. He doesn't work on this show. It's a full-time gig over there. <laughs> just I want to make sure he's okay. Oh, he's, he's working. I bet he's just like, you know, look, he's like, we, we got... We got to do a reshoot. Yeah. I need more. <laughs> Same thing. We're doing reshoots for the finale. More explosions. <laughs> oh, man. Take two. Why? I thought it was all great. It's like, nah, more fire. We need more fire. We need more cowbell. Go. Okay. We need some of that sweet 90s lightning effect, though. Maybe he can incorporate that. Mm. Just do fire and lightning. Mm. It would be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. That'd be good. So we we get there and we're 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 finally seeing there's this big old giant Borg cube that just dwarfs the heck out of the Enterprise. Like I think this is hands down the biggest Borg cube that we've ever seen, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I mean, we're, uh, the Borg cubes are always bigger, though, weren't they? But I mean, they always kind of made the ships look look yeah, a little I small. I mean, you, I, I think this one is bigger because of something that happened later in the episode. Mm-hmm. But I, I always like envision that maybe it's just my perception of it. But I always thought that they were always huge. Yeah, it does. I mean, maybe like the Titan looks smaller than the Enterprise D. Maybe we're not on the Titan, but like I don't know. It's just. It looked like it. Remember last week? I didn't even think it was a board cube. I, Jack went to. I thought it was some sort of like unicomplex. Mm-hmm. Because of all like the spiky antenna thingies. Right. Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah, we were there and we start some uh, some investigating um, of stuff. And this is where um, some of those like intricate details might get a little lost on me. So I might need some help navigating this. Kind of like getting can through a board a, cube. Can I ask a silly question before we start diving into that? Of course. Because I had this thought of that, and, and maybe you guys already sort of discussed this last week. Um, so when when Agnes goes back as Borg Queen and she goes and finds all the Borg and everything, aren't all the Borg supposed to be like nice Borg now or, or something like that? Is this just like rogue Borg? <sighs> like... Oh, no, we don't like that girl. We're just going to be our own little Borgie That's, selves. Like, wh- the wh- the way I took it is that Gerardi is like the rogue part. Like she is off there doing uh, something with like what Lore did with those group of little Borg off on the side. And then there's the main Borg, you know, out here that are like the normal Borg that we've dealt with. Okay, so I, I maybe I I guess I just sort of took it at least from last season as as the reverse, like they were doing this whole effective parlay. But I, I thought it was like that Gerardi had did the whole time travely thing and was like, I've assimilated all the Borg and we're nice now, sort of. Yeah, but, but that would like that would one. change history and there would be no Lacutus, right? And so that's why I hate time travel. <laughs> That's why I start to wonder if the last two seasons even happened. Isn't there still an interstellar rift somewhere that we have to deal yeah, with? Yeah, I remember Remember earlier Captain Shaw mentioned that. He's like, forget all the weird stuff happening over there in the Stargazer. <laughs> the real Borg are yeah. out there. I think they were just, I think that was the line that's meant to explain it all. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, that makes sense. Wasn't it, since we're on this uh, for a second, wasn't it in season two, like, part of what, um, Gerardi and um, the Borg Queen prior to them like melding together to become Robocop um, Borg Queen that like what if we gave people the option to be assimilated like what if we asked them to be assimilated so they could be better themselves like I feel like we kind of took that to the extreme like where we have like the happy Borg with Gerardi and now we have like the still like sadistic but up to 11 Borg not giving people but forcing them in a new way to be assimilated. It's like the same thing. It's like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's confusing, right? When you don't when you don't have a plan. Well, or when you realize that the last two seasons weren't as beloved, and then you're trying to bring back the old feels. Yes, that too. But they didn't. They, the but they filmed these two seasons, season two and three, like right after one after the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. So, okay. So we've. Um, decide that we've we need to investigate right we need to like figure out like what's going on with this cube so let's beam the heck down there um it's going to be picard um Riker and uh, warp's gonna make it a threesome <laughs> do you even listen to yourself <laughs> warf has hands down had the best one-liners all season yeah. he has stolen every scene he's been in 
every single yeah. one of. Yeah, but before we before we beam down there, we're like the cube is using all of its power to like broadcast a signal. There's got to be some beacon, right? We can't mm-hmm. figure out where it is. There's too much interference, so that's why we have to go down there to to figure out. Download some schematics or hook into a central node, right? Something and figure out where the beacon is. And Data wants to go down there, but he can't. Not gonna happen, right? I actually, I actually really like this this whole little sort of micro scene here of like, you know, assembling the away crew again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Picard obviously went <clears throat> on some missions, but I think you know, obviously, the differentiation between like original series and the next gen is that it was far more Riker led away crews because you know, the captain runs the ship and the first officer takes on the danger type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Picard wants to go down there more specifically for his son. And I think the sentimentality behind that and him really embracing this this child of his and realizing that not only is he the genesis of all that's going on here, but he, he also has this newfound, and you get it in some of his speech to Jack later, about how much this means to him and we all talked about like finding missing pieces in in your life and I, I i thought that was really great but like even data coming forward and he's so conflicted now with his new new self and his emotions and everything and you know even giving jordy the command you know kind of like harkening back to season one of next gen when he gets his first you know seat at command and mm-hmm. so forth it was all it was all very nostalgic, but in in probably the best. Well, way. but also also like, Jordy's a commodore. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Like Jordy, uh, yeah. besides for Picard, Jordy is the the next highest ranking person here. Riker is still a captain. True. Yep. But it's just neat to see how far you know, like how far you've come, type of deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was cool. So we, uh, so yeah, they've they've beamed down. We, uh, we we start. They start like essentially walking around, but then we pan out. We do like the opening, you know, title card, whatever, and then we're off to the races for the rest of the episode. Um. So one thing about this Borg cube is that it's only running at thirty six percent power, basically. Um. So we're we're. Essentially, what we we come to find out is like all these Borg drones that have been in like in their chambers, um, man, they have like bled the batteries out of them to keep other things going for dang sure. Like holy shnikes! Um, <clears throat> do y'all want to just go ahead and hop over to the Titan and talk about that? Sure. Yeah. You seem apprehensive, Commander. Well, I just figured we were gonna follow this this storyline here because it's you just want to follow it all the way through? I, it's much more interesting to me okay we can do that that's fine i mean we you're so, listen you're the captain you look, drive this boat i know look i know i am but you know it's not a show that's all about me okay i'm not here to cry and whisper i'm here to talk and get buy-in because that's what we do on this ship that's what we do on the vigilant okay we we talk to one another we get buy-in we trust each other's gut and stuff 
Hey, 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 Commander, I heard the captain's taking parasail lessons. <laughs> up. <sighs> okay, so we're, we're walking through corridors, and um, we get to a point where um, <clears throat> uh, we get, like, a little bit of a, a communique, like, hey, we're getting a little something-something, and Picard's like, oh, you mean the thing in the place that's right below us? How'd you know that? Gotta, it's 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 a hunch. No, I, I just know. I just know. Um, and then the the crew has to. We're talking uh, Picard, Riker, and Worf have to split up to go do a thing. And uh, Picard's having this very tender moment uh, with the guys. Like it's I gotta stop being your captain. I gotta go be a father now. Which I really liked that moment. I really liked that yeah. line. Yeah, that was yeah. And as good. we're walking, we're also like we see these like. There's no boat. Where that were? Where are all the drones? Right, and there's a few of them in their alcoves that are like, that's right, been basically eaten. It seems like mm-hmm. they have like all of their, all their organic pieces are gone. It's like a battery that has corrosion on it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so Picard goes one way, looking for Jack, aka Vox, um, and then. Riker and Worf go looking for a panel to essentially download information to give them a tactical advantage on how to shut things down, basically. Um, So Picard wanders over this way, and uh, we see uh, Jack mumbling um, some stuff, which sounds very reminiscent of the Resistance is Futile with a slight modification speech. Um, and then we also have um, Riker and Worf that are over here looking at this panel, um, trying to crack some things, and um, ostensibly at the same time, the Borg are waking up, trying to stop them while Picard is talking to Jack. So, fellas, which one do you want to talk about more oh right now? Oh, God, here it is. Last week we heard the voice, right? We did. Here it is. We were both excited for her, for her to be back. And here she is. It's not Alice, Alice Krieg's just doing the voice, right? Not That's the, right. But damn, I lo- love this, seeing this. And it, this is Vintage Borg Queen right here. It really is. This, like, to me, I've been trying. This like, is like horror movie. Like, the, re- the reveal of her, like, coming yes. from the back and down the head. Nah. And she's all disfigured and just hanging up there. This, like, felt very. Um, like, I don't know, like Resident Evil, Onimusha, like horror video game, horror movie. I can't quite pinpoint what it looks like the most, but like I remember seeing it in some kind of video game in particular as a kid. I could see it fitting into like a Resident Evil type yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Here you are, finally returned to us, to your true family, to me. <laughs> Yeah, like it was like some some next level next level evil type thing. Yeah. Um, as much as I love, you know, uh, Annie Wershing, she this this is this is like this is like a notch up from all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, but she's you- like, you know, v- you know, Vox is mine now, right? And she's just doing her, you know, you left me at the edge of space, which like I'm thinking like. 
is the is like what's happened to the Borg here, right? Like basically, she's she's consuming all of the Borg to keep herself alive, right? And it's like, is is what ha- she's like. You know, you left me at the edge of space with no planets to consume, poisoned, whatever. Is this the result of what happened at in the Voyager Endgame finale, right? Where Janeway from the future, like, put something into it and she, like, disintegrated. Like, I wonder if they're trying to make a connection there. Because they didn't, she didn't mention it. We, you know, we've mentioned Janeway a couple times. I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. later on in this episode we might have gotten some of that. It's like, I mean, is that what caused like the Borg here to be in this terrible condition? Because that's that what was, was going through my mind. That's exactly what was going through my mind. Yeah. 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 That that you know the the virus the thing that um, alternate future Janeway gave. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like that's what like has caused like all the mangling the whatever of the Borg Queen. So. Um, yeah, anyway, and then yeah. she does the li- she does the line, right? She does the line. <laughs> you know, I, Picard's like, "I'm here, take me, I'm your equal," and he's like, "Nope, nope, got somebody else." But you're here just in time to see it. See what? <laughs> your future's end. She says the line again. Witness your future's end. Mm-hmm. I know, Chase. You must have. Got some chills here in that line. I might have. I might have. <laughs> there, might, there might have been a few uh, few chills and like moments here and there. Um, yeah, and Picard is just straight up livid, man. Just livid. And um, trying to do everything he can to stop and like and eventually like just starts to move closer and closer to Jack and try and Unjack Jack <laughs> for all them wires there. Be careful now. Don't jack too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, with we should talk about this for a second. Meanwhile, um, Riker, while all this like futures end stuff is happening and um, or, or trying to happen, um, the drones have been waking up, and Riker and Worf have to defend themselves. And um, Eric, swords are fun. I, have you ever seen a a Borg drone fire like a phaser? I don't think I've seen that before. And this Borg drone, these Borg drones, like, didn't move like Borg drones, like, you know, big lumbering oaves. They were pretty nimble and pretty agile. Which is a bit odd, considering that they've all been kind of consumed over periods of time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Worf takes a couple of phaser shots, right? Yeah. They hide behind them and, oh, man, this this seems so heavy. (laughs) In the hilt. The hilt. The hilt. A phaser this You've been time? hiding this the whole time? <laughs> Swords are fun. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
So the, the the other thing though that they you know when we've typically seen the Borg in their sort of fighting, so to speak, they usually try and assimilate you. So these Borg weren't trying to like you know put their little tubies in in these guys. They were just trying to kill them, mm-hmm. which I also found kind of interesting. They probably just had they probably just had way. orders, right? Because the Borg queens like we're not trying to assimilate, right? We're trying to evolve. Yeah, I, and that that that's completely true. But two more drones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, who knows, like, how old those drones are, right? Like, that have been like hibernation. I mean, maybe they're still, maybe they're analog, like the Enterprise D. Maybe they they're not completely connected to the uh, the hive mind. Maybe they've got some dormant nanites, right? I don't know that Jordy knows what analog means anymore. <laughs> Like, it's not like you have a joystick on here. You don't have a bunch of little, little uh, germanium capacitors behind your panel, there, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're all digital. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we knock them out, and um, we've been able to access um, um, a little terminal. The terminal um, data we are able to transport or uh, transfer, transmit. Sorry, to our crew. Mm-hmm. Um, who are able to kind of figure out like, okay, this is how we can do it. The beacon. We can shut the whole. We can shut everything down by shoosting this thing. But by the way, it's at the very center. And there's the board there's here. no way we can get in there. But data says, trust me. Trust me. I have a gut feeling I can do this. That's kind of like Spock having to guess. Right? And Kirk, like, mm-hmm, yeah. I trust your guess. Right. So we fire up the Millennium Falcon yeah. for the... You yeah. stole this joke from a workshop in this joke. We had to do our Return <laughs> of the Jedi Death Star move here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> David, I know you thought of that, too. <laughs> like, go in. Stay on target. Fly inside the Death Star and shoot the reactor and fly out with flames chasing from behind us. Yeah. All we needed, <laughs> all we needed was like Jordy or someone going, Yahoo! At the very end to complete <laughs> the circuit. You know what I'm saying? No? Yeah, but they get in there and they're like, we can't shoot this beacon because it's tapped into like the entire the entire ship and if we blow this up it'll blow up the entire board cube and everybody that's on it right including it'll our, create a including chain reaction and bad stuff will happen yeah yeah well, so one of the things we've talked pretty progressively through this uh, season when we're having all these sort of moral conversations whether that's you know Beverly hiding Jack from Picard or debating over whether just to obliterate this changeling, uh, you know, the efficacy of of, uh, introducing a virus into the changeling's uh, ecosystem and all that sort of stuff, where we start to get into here and it's, you know, we can't get our friends out. We still have to save the rest of the world, the rest of the universe, the rest of the galaxy, and all of this sort of stuff here. And then, you know, there's there's a there's a hesitation there, but ultimately, they give a little bit of time, but then they do what they have to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's not talk to death. 
because you could very easily just talk this to death. But, you know, you flew in, you gave Data his chance, uh, you made the command decision there, you go through, uh, oh, and Beverly just knows how to run all the weapon systems now, by the way. She's pretty cool at that. Uh, also, like, again, why would a ship that's going in a museum be stocked full of photon torpedoes and have its phasers banks all 100% charged. That well, did, is harder jo- to believe than it having a, a fully operational Warp 9 warp core. Well, Jordy did say in Vox, the episode of Vox, that um, he has some mechs that were um, um, stocking the ship up with torpedoes, by the way. He did say that. Which, which for defense of that particular outpost they would have had some some compliment right sure i would think okay but i did like that moment <laughs> um of of like just how well they handled that and um you hear the away team you hear riker and Worf respond like we heard every single single word of that um and um they're about to fire and th- like i don't know why this struck me the way that it did, guys, but um, just when, like, you know, you've got a minute, uh, like, we're about to fire, like, and, and Riker says, belay that order. The fact that Jordy, who's a Commodore, outranks him, is listening to him, like, that just, like, that just, like, really resonated with me really well, like, just the, the level of implicit like respect, love, adoration, whatever you want to call it, they have for one another um, where they just trust each other and like the ranks mean nothing at this point. Like it's just a bunch of friends trying to do something. Well, I thought you were going to say... Really, I really hit... That really hit well with me. I thought you were going to say that irks you because Riker no. can't give Jordy an order here, right? I know no, they've fallen back into their, their, you know, Enterprise days here, but technically Jordy could be like belay that excuse me no it didn't bother me at all I really I really like that actually just how that interaction took place yeah but they're yeah but Eric is Eric is right though they they have reverted I mean Jordy even called Picard captain mm-hmm. instead of Admiral at one point too so it's it's almost like a weird <laughs> I, I don't even know what you would call it, but yeah, they've just, they've reverted back. So I think, I mean, we, we had talked at one point about, you know, so why is Riker still a captain? And I think that there are a lot of reasons for that. The authority of a Commodore running a fleet museum versus a senior captain, like a natural authority. But yeah, I mean... It wouldn't make any sense in a normal setting. I mean, if you think about some of the strong personalities out there we've seen in multiple series, that would have been a, a weird thing. It didn't bother me personally, but I just respect the dynamic that they've always yeah. had. When you fall back into it, it just it sort of made some sense. No, but, but I love that after he says belay that order because they're going to beam, beam Worf and Riker out of there. And he's like, there's too much interference to beam Picard out of there. He's like, I, Riker's like... I can't leave him here, right? He's like, he's given me a lifetime, right? The most, the least I can give him is a minute because after they shoot the beacon, they'll have a minute before the ship blows up. And like, we've got it. We've got to go find him. We've got to at least try 
to to get yeah. him out of there. And I just love that yeah. line. I he's given me a lifetime. The least I can give him is a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then <laughs> what does Worf say? Worf says there was a moment there where I actually thought we might survive. crushing it (laughs) you are (laughs) so we're back we're back in the chamber with the Borg Queen and and, uh, Fox and and all that and um, Picard saying like you know um, again like pulling pulling wires trying to get Jack out of there Um, and he's like you know I, I always said I would never return to the Borg but what the heck? I'm going to go back in. For, now for I have Jack. something to go back for is what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he sticks a, he sticks a tube into his neck and he's in this like weird, like source code matrix kind of world. And really cool visuals here. Right. When he plugs himself in too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And talking to Jack and Jack is like all doped up. Right. Like just, He's euphoric and, yeah, and everything. And, and, like and I that. like that they continued that because that was like the thing that happened to Gerardi last year is when she got plugged in, there was like a euphoria there as well. Since because like Gerardi felt like she was a loner and she was alone most of her life. And so being plugged in and having all these other voices around her, even if it was just the board queen there was really appealing to her and that's kind of how she got seduced and that's kind of what's happened to jack here too is he's felt like he like he hasn't been alone his entire life though like he's got a boy has his mother a boy needs his mother right like norman bates a boy needs his mother but like he hasn't been alone but he keeps talking about like i've been alone right and they're like now I'm not. I've got these people around me, and this is what I was created for, and this is where I belong. I like, like I understand that feeling, right? And I'm glad that they picked that up from, from the last season. Which did it actually happen, right? Like David said. <laughs> mm. Mm. But then, like Picard's, like this euphoria is not real, right? It will quickly give way to like panic or I don't know what he says exactly but it's not real yeah and um, this really tender moment right where Picard's like um, trying to continue to you know appeal to his humanity and call it out of him and just this moment of admitting like you're the piece that's always been missing. And if you won't leave, then I'll stay with you till the very end. Goodness, man, like for real. And then like you, like within this like dreamscape, source code, whatever, you see like his humanity coming like with just these tears streaming down his face and then like this little flashback montage thing of like these interactions where of Picard and, and Jack like this entire season so far um, and then it just like forcing him out of of it and like back to reality and him just pulling the wires off frantically um, 
That was a great. That was great. I, yeah, I love that so it much. Was, it was really awesome moment, right? And at at this same time, this is when Jordy is like, "We're out of time. We've got to destroy this beacon." We we literally, you know, space dock. We we're not talking about, it, but space dock has fallen back at Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Right. There's yep. no more defenses. We're we are officially out of time, and we have yep. to we have to destroy the beacon. And yeah, two two quick add-ons there. One of the things that I really appreciated about with uh, Patrick Stewart here were these um, not a complete flow of logic overlapping and continuing into Jack. There were pauses. You know, there were times when he just sort of was like almost searching for the right thing to say. Because when you're in real life, it's very very difficult to just have all the unending answers to anyone's problems. So you wind up stopping, thinking, coming with something new. And then at the end, when there's no logic to outdo another set of logic, in his case, as Chase said, you know, he's like, well, I'll stay with you then. You know, that that was, you know, the turn of the tide. But I, I appreciate the pauses and not just trying to, like, barrel through the whole thing and say all the right things. He didn't have all the right answers there. Um, which which I thought was uh, was really neat. And also, my God, space dock. That thing is a tank. <laughs> that thing survived for flipping ever against the entire fleet. Mm-hmm. I think you should build everything like that. I mean, <laughs> build that like adamantium or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't Vibranium. Even really blow it up either. It just it just kind of drifted off. It's like, eh, systems are offline. But like, they didn't like destroy it. I mean, it's an entire fleet shooting with everything they've got. It, it, crazy, crazy mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you also get this tearjerker moment here also where Riker is saying goodbye because he's like, I love you, Mzadi. Uh, me and me and our boy. <sighs> yeah, I, mean, I was I was tearing up. I was watching this and I was like legitimately like crying like i'm i'm not like not like long no but like here's the thing i i mentioned this to you chase last week is there was a little bit of spoiler out there right jonathan frakes himself spoiled this episode he gave an interview and he said no one dies in the finale and i had read that interview and i was like what the heck jonathan frakes like, how could you do that to me? Like, it didn't matter in the end because, like, I was still emotional and I knew, like, he wasn't going to die. But I was like, when he's like, I love you, Imzadi, I'll be waiting, me and our boy. I was like, oh, oh, man, right in the feels. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew he, was, he wasn't going to die because of that spoiler, I was like, God, I'm yeah. not, it's Tony Chapman onions in here. <laughs> emotional but but chase did you did you get your flashback to the imzadi book where they communicated telepathically maybe a little bit this was something i wanted to comment on by the way with the fact that i did feel like they were able to redeem like some of the nemesis stuff in a way because they were doing like that nemesis mind assault stuff you know 
in like how they did that in the movie, but then they used it to find the attacker. Um, I felt like they were able to kind of redeem it a little bit uh, with being able to use that same ability to locate the away team mm-hmm. and um, have you know like let Deanna shine some more. I mean. Gosh, Marina has been doing a killer job this season. I mean, Good. ever since they brought her back for the for this show, right? Like even season mm-hmm. one, and now she's been far better than she ever was. During, I mean, I mean, it's just better writing for her character, but like she's doing fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing like the the Enterprise just <laughs> just turn in there, like swivel in there, and just it, like take t- their sweet time beaming them up, but like. Yeah. Beam him up nonetheless. It did its little drift maneuver, right? It like Tokyo yep. drift. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Never be alone type of thing. Mm-hmm. So and we uh we get the heck out of there. That was fun. Get the heck out fun. of Dodge, right? It was fun. Yeah. It was action packed. It was emotional. Yep. It was all all the things. But it was smart. It was it smart. It was also smart. It was very smart. It wasn't um, a smash and grab. Yep. No. <laughs> the Titan, right? So we got stuff going on with the Titan. Um, so while the Enterprise D crew has been doing their thing, the Titan is just trying to survive, basically. Um, they're on autopilot mode with fleet formation. They've, their ship's been taken over, um, and they got to figure out how they can, you know, disconnect from the collective of Starfleet, basically. Um, which part of me felt like this, like line of sight thing, was just a little too convenient. But like that's how we're controlling the ships—is this line of sight kind of thing? So they can only control us if they can see us. I'm like. Okay, I guess you're bringing back the cloak. Let's fire that sucker up and do that. Um, and you know, we're also trying to survive like these youngins that are been borgified from taking over the ship. Um, so we're we're cloaking, but we're also doing like an on-the-fly uh, modification of the phase rifles, right? Yeah, we invent new technology. I thought that was kind of cool. I was a little okay. confused at what was happening first. I was like, are the Borg beaming themselves away came. before they're being That's shot? And then I, I was yep. like, oh, okay. It was it was confusing at first. Look, look, the Titan walked so Discovery could run. <laughs> well, actually not run, just teleport Yeah, instead everywhere. of no more stairs, instead we're just going to teleport really. up there. <laughs> <laughs> It was a, it was a clever thing. I wish I wish they would have been able to explain it. That's the only micro critique. If sure. they could have explained how that was actually done, I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, but we've yeah we're gonna use our cloak and we're gonna go in and out of cloak and we're gonna have to do our quick attack runs right and then cloak again and decloak fire. But the uh, the thing that I really I mean I know it's like I wish they would have explained it. The thing that I've really been digging about um, this episode in particular was it did still feel like it's been a return to like the trek that we grew up on, like with like it being kind of 
you know, smart and thoughtful with things and respect of life. I mean, I know that we've had like other stuff this season too. Like I'm not ignoring that, but like just the fact that we're not just point blank, you know, dusting someone, right? Like we're not just obliterating them. Like we've, we did something to, um, just move people like transport them like use our technology just to kind of like put them in the in a makeshift brig until we can figure out what to do with them yeah because like these are our crew members like i just thought that was really good like really smart yeah i said that i said that last week when shaw when they had to run from the bridge he's like stun i was like stun only right like these are still my crew members right i'm not just gonna go to instantly do so be Picard in first contact, right? Like they're already gone. They're hopeless. Let's just let's just murder them, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we, you know, we've seen well, but not just that, but the guy lying on the floor calling out for help, right? But I mean, we've seen you know the Borg reclamation project. Project presumably, like this is something that people know about that we can de- do de we de assimilation is possible. And like this is not assimilation in a traditional sense, so it might even be easier to de-assimilate these people, right? We're not mm-hmm. just, you know, we're not just killing them. We're we're, we're doing something else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we're we're doing that. We're uh, we're going back and forth, back and forth, and we have to have like the the assistant chef or whatever be our pilot and. Like, the doctor, I think, is, like, running, what, the science station. Like, we have, like, a few other folks, like, just doing stuff here and there. Just kind of hopping in, doing their thing. Yeah. And and Seven of Nine here, you know, great. I mean, she, like, she's a fantastic character. Like, you know, I know that there's, like, issues with the past. And it comes from, like, Jerry Ryan as a beautiful woman and what this stuff but she's an amazing character and i love i i didn't really care for her arc last season because i whatever but like i really have like she's i mean i i really enjoyed the seven of nine's story this season like in particular and and this speech she gives like right now we are all that's i don't care if you're a cook if you're whatever this like you're here now you're in the job and right, we are all that's left of Starfleet here, and it was a really powerful speech. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I'm not asking you to sacrifice yourself for nothing, right? But the understanding is we might have to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that that that's what happens when you focus on the growth of a character continually. I mean, that's why so many people loved her in Voyager because you had a continuous growth arc from a literal Borg drone to a vital member of the crew and here we're now seeing you know the cut from being effectively a space bounty hunter into a you know the commanding officer aboard a starship you know you're 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 coming this this whole full circle thing and you know even not to like rehash stuff from from last week or jump too far ahead this week um, the actual respect that Shaw had for her because of her loyalty and you know her 
ability to change and adapt and, 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 you know, grow into something more than, uh, than what she was all those years ago. So when you focus on that type of storytelling, hell yeah, you're going to start caring about that character. You really want to see what vested by it's buy-in. Well, that's, but I thought she was great. And that speech was, was great too. It's, it's been a little while since we've had like a really good, like bridge speech. Mm Mm-hmm. To your to your Since, point, David, like, like that's how I that's how I feel about um, Sydney more than Alondra. Like, yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad. I'm happy for Mika and um, Lavar. You know that they got to have like share screen time, but like, obviously, we've had way more time with the character of Sydney than we have of Alondra. And like, when we see Sydney later, like I was like getting a little choked up because I was just so happy like with what was what was happening on screen so eric you were gonna say something no no i'm, I'm just in i'm in agreement right i know we, you were jumping the gun on the shaw thing but you know he was like <clears throat> i guess we can go i mean i don't know if you want to go there now let's go there now right um uh so uh, we're sitting down hey a lot of the people that the changelings infiltrated right they didn't just kill them because they're reasons right and we get this scene and it's Tuvok Captain Tuvok and he's he's debriefing seven of nine and like the I like as much as I enjoyed this scene and I did right because there was a there was a lot of bonding right between Tuvok and seven of nine two people who were like emotionally distant but I felt like they developed a pretty good bond in in the course of their time on Voyager Right. And I don't know how much they've kept in touch since then. Right. With, you know, obviously with Seven of Nine going off and doing her space pirate bounty hunter peacekeeper thing, whatever she was doing over there. Um, It seemed like they've had some contact. Right. Because we had their their chit chat earlier. But I was a little disappointed by this scene. Right. This is the moment where you have you you have to like back up a dump truck and say Kate Mulgrew you have to do this scene like like as much as i like this scene with Tuvok and 7 of 9 imagine if this is Janeway and 7 of 9 right here in this moment is this not like the most amazing thing you would have seen right i'm just for me anyway if if you could have and we've mentioned Janeway several times in this show and we've got Kate Mulgrew on Prodigy you know we've we you know we know she she's there and she's willing to do it if you just sit the two of them down because their stories are so intertwined and this is such a setup and such like this is the payoff of of Seven of Nine's character over 25 years 30 years almost at this point 25 years let's go 25 years at this point and and Oh man, it is such a it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, if, what, yeah I what, mean I, I I I like having Tuvok in I here. I do too, but imagine I, I, I if this think, is Janeway on the of, other side. No, no, it was, it, there's a continuation, but like I I think it's it's a nod towards the the character and the actor giving some respect to that, but the only thing that I would say in conjunction to it, I think you open with Tuvok but you bring Janeway in as well, where it's 
you know, she can kind of come in and be like, no, 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 look. You're going to be a captain. Well, imagine if it's Janeway being like, resignation denied, Captain yeah. Seven. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, they can hug. Or not. Right? <laughs> or or even if you even if you couldn't get her, like, in the scene, you could Skype her in. You know, you could hit the, the Zoom button yeah. on a monitor, you know, and just be like, you know, denied. I don't know. I just, man, I'm just that thinking been, of. I mean, I'm that just been, thinking of the scene, and I'm, that would have been a full circle moment because, like, it was like, um, like uh, Seven did say um, in a prior season that she did apply to Starfleet, and that even Janeway had like, like gone like petitioned on like her behalf or whatever, and she ultimately sa- and like Starfleet ultimately said. Nope. No, I and thought it was the she Egypt went... thing. She left after Egypt. I could have swore it was like shortly after Voyager. Oh, well, I, I guess we have to do a rewatch. The Egypt thing that like caused her to like leave Starfleet. I think it might have been both. I don't know. But, we'll just have to rewatch. Yeah, but like Shaw here on this video. Shaw here on this video monitor. Like, god dang! I gosh, she's a pain in my butt. But, like, she's brave, she's loyal, and she does not follow the rules, but maybe the rules are meant to be broken, right? And damn if she isn't going to write a great book full of some new rules, right? And so it's like, even, you know, Shaw came a long way from that first scene where you two were like, were you, you were meant to not like him, right? You were meant to not, because... I mean, I I defended him a little bit in that scene because, like, he saw through the subterfuge and he was protecting his ship. But you're like, this disrespectful. This disrespectful man. How dare you be disrespectful? (laughs) But now here he's like, yeah, Shaw. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's definitely one of my favorite things to come out of this particular season. And again, it's a growth arc, though. You know, you, you, you have to start with layers because, I mean, you could probably point to a ton of people that we didn't like in the beginning for whatever reason. But later on, we learn why Shaw was somewhat more dis- disrespectful towards Picard due to the whole, you know, Borg thing that you were a part of. So it's like it, you, you have to start. I mean, because even Cisco. Cisco was disrespectful towards Picard, but there's a reason and a rationale. He lost his wife in that battle. Yeah. He nearly lost his son so as like, well. Yeah. So I mean it's 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 like there's there's a lot of layers and we were we were able in a natural organic way to peel back those layers of Shaw to make it a memorable character and you know like I've always said, sometimes you have to let some characters go. They gave him a great death. Agreed. Yep. So, uh, just real quick, you know, like what we saw with like the, the Enterprise D crew, like shutting everything down, just as our Borgified young crew members are uh, about to storm the bridge, their Borg veins go away and they're healed. So. Yay. Um, 
So now that everything's been saved and we prevented every major city from being blown to smithereens, um, and um, Seven is now a captain, uh, now we go into our, um, our epilogues, our codas, if you will. Um, Re Return of the King style, where we have like three or four different endings. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, we get Data just rambling in his... <laughs> like, our session is over, Data. It's been over. <laughs> That is a counselor's worst nightmare. And Troy is over here, like, looking up vacation destinations while she's just supposed to be, like, it's like, Data, just stop. <laughs> she made, like, a rookie mistake doing something, by the way. Like, one thing that, like, one little, like, trick that you're taught, um, like, I know it's, like, probably not, like, a counseling-specific thing, but, like, one of the things that you're taught in terms of, like, behaviors, like, to make clients leave is stand up and walk to the door and she started doing it partially right she stood up he kept talking and then she sat down like you don't do that you just you stand up you walk to the door and you wait for them to join you at the door and walk out anyway it was slightly realistic slightly yeah and in but. one of our codas we now get Admiral Crusher who's the head of Starfleet Medical who manages to undo all of the the Borg stuff with the transporter, which, you know, mm -hmm. we kind of hand-waved that, right? I don't mind it. I don't mind but, it. And yeah, then she's yeah. like, at the same time, you know, we figured out how to detect Changeling because we already... That part I'm more okay with because we already actually did figure out a way to detect the Changelings, right, with the information that Vatic gave us, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so we'll be able to stop this from happening again essentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep and um, with it being um, what a year later that all this is like taking place um, we also have um, uh, the, the shutting down um, of the Enterprise D um, and it's taken its place in the, the Fleet Museum at 8th and Prime and um this is personally where I feel like the episode should have ended. Just turning the lights off, and that's it. Oh, but Chase, there's just so much more. Now we gotta go visit Bilbo Baggins at the uh, at, yeah. at Rivendale. Do you or... not remember? Do, do you not remember the scouring of the Shire? <laughs> I'm glad it, that's what it wasn't. In I'm the glad movie, they cut that. They probably been. filmed that, but just decided to cut it. It was a great part of the book. There was okay. oh, there was a Where's scouring. Tom there was huh? a scouring that happened right after this. That's for dang sure. <laughs> so now that we've turned off the lights and we've said that we've missed that voice, which right here, <laughs> I'm glad that they said that. I miss I miss hearing Majel's voice, by the way, um, as a ship's, ship's computer. Um, Jack is now an ensign in Starfleet, and he's going to his first posting, and mom and dad are there. The, the wait a minute, wait a minute. Just before you do the big reveal, what about Rafi and Worf? You don't want to talk about them? Oh, yeah, that is they another ending, moment. isn't it? That's code, is that coda number four <laughs> or five? Yeah, I mean, Rafi, it's like she's invited to the family The you know, family picnic, picnic yeah. Family, family, family holiday, right. come over. <laughs> it's... She she's cool because her her good buddy Worf released all her war medals. Just just wiki leaked everything. All right. I do. I he is Julian. Assange, I do think it's okay? a touching moment where they they you know 
Raphael of the House of Musikar, you're a warrior, right? Bor for the House yeah. of Martok. You know, keep, a warrior you're a war keeping a warrior for peace, right? Yeah. That's a it's a touching moment. <sighs> and they hug it out. They hug it out. And Okay, yeah. do your big reveal. Commander, you have the con. Well, names don't like. I hope that I wasn't fast tracked because I'm I'm the child of two Starfleet admirals. Names don't mean anything. You're here on your own merit, right? Oh, by the way, I'm not actually going to the Titan, right? I'm going <laughs> to something else, the Enterprise G. And like, so are we establishing that the that Shelby? We saw Shelby get shot and killed. Are we establishing that the, that Enterprise that she was on was destroyed in this battle as well? Oh, I, no. I actually I actually uh, looked this up because I was confused a bit. So the Enterprise F, before um, uh, our big day here, was scheduled to be decommissioned. Yep. Mm. It survived and was decommissioned. Okay. At least that's what I've read, and and if that's inaccurate, there you go. But that's what I read because I was curious about that. Okay. Too. But then they're like, names actually mean everything, right? Names can be a symbol, right? And you know, I can see it both ways. How like old Picard, you know, John Lee Picard's like, you're here on your own merit. Your name didn't get you here, but like, names do have meaning. It's a it's a, it's a good moment. I, you know, but when they were saying all that, I was sitting here just like, are they going to call it the Picard? I, part of me was hoping it was going to be the Picard. Uh, or I there mean, was give, going I to be one. a ship, like another ship class called the Picard. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. a little touch back to like the end of what? Uh, Star Trek 4, right? Uh, yeah, I, wonder what sh- I wonder what ship they'll give us. Right? And they get the reveal of Enterprise A. Yeah, more nostalgia, more callbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're on the bridge, just giving out orders. <laughs> Don't listen uh, to anything he's gonna he be, says. He's going to be I ship's like counselor. Ship's counselor. I think he's. I think he's fun. Yeah, and then we get this. This this is another show that I want to watch. No, I, I just no, this. I don't want. Like, stop it. But like, they're oh, se- no, they're I setting do. it up. But like, do you remember how in? Discovery when Saru becomes the captain in season three and he and Tilly are talking, they're like, You need to look at you need a catchphrase, you need a catchphrase. And we're like, Can you like put more energy and effort into writing a better show than hit it or execute? <laughs> right? And and now they're oh what's your what's your what's your call sign gonna be? You're 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 writing your legacy, and right, we've heard all this talk about a Star Trek legacy show, and that's the clearest. That's the clearest sign that we're getting some something following this up, and then and then she's like, and we don't hear her saying right. So I actually like this where I didn't like it when they were doing in Discovery because I felt like there were other things they could be doing, yeah, right. But this was fun, right here. I'll be honest, man. I have no idea what you're talking about. I was wrong. I love this crew so much, and I want to see a show with it. I, would, I, d- I just, I just do. I even, I, just, I, I said I it at the there's beginning. There's too much Star Trek content. I know this is like blasphemy for some people. What? But I mean, we've got, what? we've got Lower Decks, we've got Prodigy, we've got Strange New Worlds. 
we're getting the Section 31 movie, not a television show, but a movie. We're getting the Starfleet Academy television show. I just now we're gonna get another Star Trek. There's too much stuff. Let's focus our energy on just making what we have better than spreading our team thin. Yeah, but but every every series has its its focus though. You know, D- Discovery was weird. Strange New Worlds, I, I think, has a, a healthy shot. But how long is that shot going to last? Do yeah. we know how many seasons that's even It's already been renewed for? for a third season. Strange New Worlds? Yeah. I so would assume it's got to get at least five like Discovery did. Well, I mean, if all, if all things being relative, I think that'd be great. But I don't care about Lower Decks. I, I don't care about it. it. It's not a show for me. I enjoy talking with you guys about it. Same. I would never watch it. Mm-hmm. If if we had if we weren't doing this week over week, I wouldn't watch it. It's not my thing. Sure. Um, I'll be honest. If we weren't doing this, I w- probably wouldn't have given Prodigy a chance. Now I'm glad that we did because I do like a lot of what was in Prodigy. I just hope that they concurrently lay everything out instead of doing goofy half seasons. But I don't know, man. I mean, just so, when sometimes something works, and I feel like this to me works. Why? why that's not? fair. That's fair. That's but fair. I do. But but I under. But I understand. There is a lot out. There is a lot. This it, is. It's a lot out there for sure. I just want to like the thing that I just want to put out there is, um, I think there's a risk that this current era of Star Trek could face in a similar way that Star Wars did just a handful of years ago with the uh, reaching like a saturation point of content like with where Star Wars is at right now well what I mean well what I'm getting at what I'm arriving at is the fact that there were instead of like every what three years or so like of a new Star Wars movie it was every what one and a half to two years or every year there was something coming out and then there was like in some cases it was tighter than that right yeah but there was just like constantly cranking stuff out like it wasn't giving people time to breathe and just to enjoy the content and I enjoy Star Wars content I mean I'm not a huge Star Wars fan but I enjoy it Um, I'm, I'm enjoying like the small screen stuff that we're getting like with like the streaming platforms and stuff um but I do want like smart Star Trek again right like I want to have that thoughtful stuff and that's what's been so enjoyable to me about this season that you know with what Terry Metalis has done and like what you know people are just clamoring for with him to like show run or just executive produce like the whole Star Trek franchise and be the, they're, they're already calling him new, I don't know if you guys have heard Rick this Berman. they're calling no, well, they're calling him the new, the next great bird of the galaxy. Is what they're doing. They're they're putting him on the same pedestal as Gene Roddenberry for crying out loud, which I think is a little too far. That's lofty. It is it is pretty lofty. But like this dude was a PA on Voyager, so he he was like in the thick of it during like the zeitgeist of of Star Trek. Um. But but I, but I do I do want a Star Trek legacy. I do want this like spinoff but I just don't but, uh, I, I will just interject one other quick thing here 
There is a difference between reaching a saturation point if you're dealing with all shows that people want to watch and a saturation where you're just throwing stuff against the wall hoping that something sticks. That's the problem with Star Wars is that they've been trying to throw so much on the wall hoping that it sticks but not listening to anybody when they say you know what this is actually what we want which is why the last season of Clone Wars was so highly touted because it showed what people wanted to finally see and that's probably what will happen with Ahsoka if they do it right but it's also the complaint about the Mandalorian because they didn't give people things that they wanted that they should have gotten probably although I'm not going to complain about it too much because it was fine with me but in this in this universe I, I think that there is room for a for, for for a callback show that is ran like say Voyager where maybe it's not like a full like 22 but you could do more, a more limited run of it but I think you've assembled such a strong cast that it's it, it's yeah. so interesting to me and and I you know Eric you said stuff that because I don't really look that hard into everything, you know, you guys, we always talk about that. I don't watch the after show that I can't even remember the name of with Will Wheaton. Ready Room. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> but you mentioned stuff that I didn't even, I didn't even know was there. You know why? Because I don't dig that deep. I enjoy what I enjoy and I, and I like talking with you guys about it, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think this would just be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, we we now have arrived at what I think should have been the final scene. I know Chase shutting down the Enterprise D, putting in the, this is like the last scene. But to me, like the last scene, right? It's the last generation. It's the end of all good things, right? We're in our but we're in our bar, right? Hey, Guinan told Guinan's mad at us. Well, you you had Whoopi Goldberg bring her back. If you're yeah, if you're gonna name drop, bring her back, right? You had her. I, I know she's not part of like the crew, the band, but you name dropped her. You had her last season, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, get her back. And then the captain. I think it's it's Worf. Have some more prune juice. Oh. <laughs> it's a warrior's Cap- drink, Captain. It's it's your turn. <laughs> and you know we knew you you knew he's gonna pull out some Shakespeare here, right? Mm-hmm. Name the play. His speech, right? Name the play. You do it, Eric. No, I'm at, I know what play it is. Oh, I can't. Tell uh, there you is that a tide in the hearts of men, right? No, we even had a um, a discovery episode named "There Is a Tide." Right, it's Julius Caesar. Right? No, we're not. I'll take your word on it because I don't yeah, know it, any. Ju- I, I'm just waiting ju- to see where Eric's going to no, go. No, I with just this. love. Uh, you knew, like. At the end of season one, he pulls out the Tempest, right? Right? When he's when they're putting Data, when they're letting Data go, mm-hmm. right, in season one, right? He pulls out, a, you know, a big monologue from the Tempest, right, that Prospero says, right? You know, we are but stuff that dreams are made of, right? And now we pull out the, the Brutus here. There is a tide in the affairs of men. And I think it's, like, perfect. And there's one more thing we have to do. 
we have to play poker and we have to have the overhead shot right while we're playing poker because it's like the perfect it's it's recreating the ending the all good things yes and it was really awesome you know terry metallis actually has 45 minutes he just let the camera run for 45 minutes of them playing poker like just had a constant shot of of that overhead so like if there like I mean there's going to ultimately be like DVDs yeah on the DVD you know, on the, ex- the special footage I really hope that ends up being it's probably like, gonna be at least bo- some it's of it it's probably boring though I mean like let's be honest but maybe there's like something like an extended like poker scene or something you know like in like the special yeah. features or something mm-hmm. I don't know oh yeah and uh, I, I just wanted to also do this because the last two seasons ha- uh, aren't real um no one invited Laris back, you know. I mean, like Picard's little girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, we're just we're just back with with Doc Crusher after a year. Well, I mean, even at, even in like episode, wasn't Laris in episode one of this season? She was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> episode one didn't happen either. It's like <laughs> starts episode two on. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago. Uh, yeah, what happened to Laris? Are are we establishing that Picard and Crusher are a couple now? Yeah. Are we? Yeah. We're doing. We're making. We're, we're shipping make that. So. I think that's how it's gonna be. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's how you leave it. But yeah, like, like the oh, end of cool season Laris. two, he was like, he realized how much he had feelings for Laris. But look, but then he realized look, what he really wanted was a son. But look, <laughs> look, there's another scene after they play poker. Like where, like if Chase, if you had not have told me this, I probably would have turned it off. Right, Chase is like text us in the morning. Oh, by the way, the episode's not forty six minutes; it's sixty two, and there's a post credit scene. It's like, ah, we're doing post credit scenes now, right? They infiltrated Star Wars. Right now, they're infiltrating Star Trek. <laughs> Can we just stop with the post credit scenes? Yeah, I mean, like we're shipping them as a couple because Jack Boy, he's uh, he's got a framed picture of a mom pa. Where did he get that picture? He replicated it. They're like, it looks like from a long time ago. Picard and Crusher both look young, and he's in a tuxedo. Yeah, well, and they they photoshopped like a little com badge on the tuxedo. I don't know if y'all noticed that. I did not see that. Yeah, they put like his little admiral com badge on the tuxedo. Oh my god. Yeah, so we have we have the fat one. We have the Enterprise D little little Eagle Moss statue that's going in his quarters. Picture of Mom, Pa, and uh, we have a little guest show up in his quarters on the uh, the Enterprise G. I'm, I'm like, st- st- we had the it was called farewell. Literally, the episode was called farewell. Goodbye, Q. We hugged it out, like. It was it was right. It felt right. And this feels wrong. I, I'm sorry. This feels wrong to me. You think in such linear terms. Yeah, you're, you're just way too linear, man. I don't man. care. This feels wrong to me. It's <laughs> like, wrong. Like, you know, you're just not playing 4D chess, okay? I know. I'm only playing 3D chess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it's it's an obvious point to something more. Oh, eventually. obviously. I mean, like Star Trek Legacy. Right, your trial. I thought you told my father humanity's trial was over. For him, it is. For him. For you. Not. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Previously yeah. savage race. Anyway. And that is it. That for is real. Star Trek Picard. Series wrapped. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. Any final comments, guys? Uh, I have one co- final comment. Um, um, This is what, before this episode, I was like, I was like, when did Prodigy happen? Like, like when in the right. timeline did Prodigy happen? And like, you know, 2385. Um... And this is 2401. 2401. And then the final scene is 2402. But, like, so, you know, we're 16 years, right? Um, I was just thinking in my mind, is is the, the story here we're getting at the end, there's this signal sent out from the ship that takes over all of the Starfleet, the entire Starfleet fleet, and... It links them together and it has them shoot at Starfleet and attack Starfleet. Is that too similar to the living construct from Prodigy? Like, are we just rehashing our own story from that so soon? Like, I I just kept getting this, this thought popped into my head and I've been thinking about it ever since I saw the episode for the first time. It's like, did we just copy Prodigy? Well, that's I think that's what I had um, I had brought up during our discussion, uh, Eric. That it, it felt like it was pretty darn similar, and like that Starfleet would have kind of learned uh, from themselves. And I think the the little like asterisk that I had right next to that comment was unless Prodigy is like different reality. Yeah, right? unless going to the Vaunacot, we're gonna reset and do something weird with time where it never happened or some weird stuff like but that. but you do have to you do have to account for the hubris of man and the fact is is that we don't actually learn from our mistakes very often and we try and make it better and and more uh efficient okay. or but, tailored but like, to us. i'm not even talking about in universe did like the the like the characters and Starfleet and the Federation in universe learn. I'm just like in the real world, did we did the this story copy the Prodigy story, and did it do did it like is it too similar of a story? I think so. Is it not like David? You kept you keep saying like <laughs> Star Trek used to be unique and the trendsetter, and now is like Star Trek. Is it just instead of it's copying other things, right? Is it just copying itself now yeah well yeah I mean we had the the AI from uh, discovery uh, construct from prodigy interlinking between ships and Picard I mean yeah we, we do fight back on that technological angle quite a bit this is a thought that's been through my mind yeah. since I saw this episode. It's like, yeah. Well, one thing that I had um, uh, caught myself on, I think, uh, during our conversation about that same idea, Eric, uh, last time was even with Lower Decks, like with the Stars at Night episode and like the automated starships that weren't 
uh, manned either. I mean, it's it's slightly different, but there is that automation component too uh, from that episode that's kind of also essentially showing up in this with fleet formation. So yeah, are we just playing like the you know the the repeat card with storylines? You know whether it is living construct type stuff or you know experimental Texas class ships. So all right, <clears throat> well we still got some more ground to cover. Uh, we still need to talk about um, some Delta stuff, um, and then we also have to do our um, our evaluation. So let's move into the evaluation component of the show. Uh, let's talk about the Delta first, where we talk about the different divisions of Starfleet service and how well they were represented in um, this series finale of Star Trek Picard. So, um, <clears throat> Eric, what are you thinking, man? Uh, lots of command all the way around, right? Yeah. I mean, with Seven of Nine taking command of the Titan, right? You know, and the <clears throat> giving her speech, right? You're not asking, we are, we are what's left of Starfleet now. I'm not asking you to sacrifice for nothing, right? And then being promoted to captain at the end, like, you know, there. Um, <clears throat> Uh, every, like literally everybody of like our next generation crew like did something command wise here, right? Whether it be Picard, you know, leading the away team, whether it be, you know, Jordy taking command of the Enterprise when people left, whether it be Riker, you know, him like Riker, you know, belay. Even if we set belay that order, but you can't like belay you like you're you're a captain. He's a commodore. But anyway, I just I thought everybody was doing a very good job of whether it was taking orders following orders being in charge of the situation being very professional and it was i i really enjoyed that um mm -hmm. i mean if you want to talk about like science engineering is you know i know we hand waved it a little bit but coming up with uh, like the tran the transporter guns to tag people right and and save them in a sense we were we were using science and engineering as a way to save these assimilated people and then we were able to use science and engineering to um <coughs> to save to like unassimilate them essentially at the end um you know we we had a science you know we have we got to get in there and destroy this beacon and we, we have to find it and we have to download the schematics for it so like yeah, all that stuff is there um <clears throat> i'm comfortable giving the full spread of deltas to this episode like i'm more yeah. than comfortable i'm ex i'm ecstatic to give this episode it's it's credit and it's due yeah i don't think i need to add too much more i mean because like I, I agree i think that every part of it was was represented quite well um there was one part i, I we kind of glossed over it and it was um a decently important part um and that was even like with hearing like the signal of jack as vox where like we're trying to make sense of the signal and crusher is on the the bridge um at uh i believe it's the tactical station saying something to the effect of you know computer 
um, analyze the signal for anything mimicking um, neural um, signals or, or neural something or the brain brain waves, something like that, and find it. I really liked that. I thought that was really smart, and that we were able to use that to kind of keep us going and getting to where we needed to get to. So that was one part, and of course, like you know, like the the crusher piece, like there at the end, and just like all the things. Uh, I just really want. I really wanted to point that out. So I'm, I echo what Eric uh, was saying. I don't want to just you know hand wave that away, but uh, I mean, I mean, truly, it's pretty comprehensive, and I'm comfortable with the full spread as well. Just wanted to highlight that piece about the brainwave thing. David, anything for you? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> same here. F- full spread. I, I think you could also sort of tack on the um, the line of sight cloaking, uncloaking that sort of you know from an operational standpoint i think you could also just sort of throw that out there as well but but now aside from that i think you guys pretty much touched on it all it was it was a full spread cool all right well, let's move into um <clears throat> let's move into our uh, numerical rating uh scale of one to ten one being a dumpster fire ten being absolutely amazing uh let's go um uh, Commander Eric, then I'll go, and then we'll um, bring it on home with uh, Lieutenant Commander David doing his um, episode 9 and 10 rating. So, Commander Eric, what do you got, man? Okay. All right. This is the best episode of New Trek since since Discovery's, you know, premiered in 2017. This is the best episode, in my opinion, that we've had. I literally, I don't know what more you could want from a Star Trek episode if you're a Star Trek fan. I think when you're out there, yeah, there are things you can nitpick, but this episode, it was it was smart, it was thoughtful, um, it was a well-written story, it gave everybody something to do, right? Some episodes just feature one character and this is background characters don't have much to do but everybody has some Picard, Riker, Worf, Jordy, Data, Crusher, um, Troy, Seven of Nine, everybody was doing Jack, everybody was doing something. It it I mean, it was I don't know what more you could want from an episode of television. Um it was it was heartbreaking, right, when Picard went into he's like I have to save my son. I'm going to go back in there to a, I have a reason to go back now. And, and, uh, like if you're not going to leave here, I'm going to stay with you because you were the thing that I didn't know that I was missing from my life. And like having someone who grew up being someone who grew up without a father, I was, that hit me right in the feels. Um, uh, even though I knew Riker wasn't going to die because Jonathan Frakes spoiled it when he said, I'll be wait, I love you. I'll be waiting for you. Me and my boy. I was out. Even the third time I watched it, I was tearing up at that scene. Um, you know, everything we came full circle with seven of nine, you know, Voyager being, being my episode, but being my star Trek that, that I grew up on and the one I've seen more than anything else. Uh, where she's been I I'm just thrilled with this and I I I want to come out here and give good ratings and I want t- to love Star Trek and like I I texted Chase on Thursday after we watched this and I was like hmm. I think I know what you're going to rate this episode Chase and he's like oh really and I was like yeah just a hunch based on 
past experience and and I and I'm I'm saying this episode is a 10 and then I, I was I was thinking okay it's a 10 but I want to drop it down from a 10 for a couple of reasons and I'm like did we do our return of the Jedi maneuver and does that like have to drop it down right because it's like oh we're doing return of the Jedi is it's like oh do I want to drop it down because um, we didn't get Kate Mulgrew and we just had Tuvok and in like with Kate Mulgrew it's like an 11 it would have been an 11 there um, do I want to drop it down a point because um, it's too similar of a storyline to the living construct and I'm like you know what if I dropped it down a point for those things I'd just be nitpicking like I would tell people hey you, of course you can find things to nitpick so I'm ecstatic to give this episode a 10. It was everything I could have hoped for. Um, and and I, I loved it. All right, Eric. Commander, thank you. Number one, thank you. Um, this might affect how I rate things, potentially. Um, so last week's episode... Uh, Vox, um, I did rate Vox a ten. It's my first ten of the season, and um, especially like those last seven minutes that I was just gushing over way too much. I think we all were all gushing over way too much those last seven minutes. Um, this week, there was a lot that was going on. There was the the first what was it like 27 minutes right so much stuff going on of like with Borg Cube the fleet space dock everything um real emotion going on but it was like it was this thoughtful smart hope and I know that we've experienced it particularly this season but I think these last two episodes, it has really shown uh, just that the hope that I think is like so integral to the, the Star Trek formula, like this, this teamwork, this hope, this intelligent, smart stuff, uh, you, you just, you need it. Like, I think that's like part of the special sauce that makes Trek, Trek. Uh, regardless of which iteration of Trek you're watching. And I think that's been the thing that's been so frustrating um, in recent years is that in, in my experience, and I won't presume to speak for, for the gents on this one, but I feel like that's been missing um, in large quantities. And um, it's really, like I said, it's really been sh showing up this season, but especially these last two episodes. The, the, I was, I was really trying to like channel Eric on this because, um, Eric so often is like trying to like, you know, get me to pump my brakes. He's, he's the Spock to my Kirk, um, at times. And, um, I was thinking, okay, as a next gen story, this is a 10, right? Um, like this is like the perfect ending. I think like this like redeems like what happens in nemesis and like how that ended and stuff. And like, this is certainly on par with all good things. And, um, 
the thing that just really rubbed me the wrong way, like really rubbed me the wrong way was just the Enterprise at the very end. And kind of just it no longer being the Titan. Like no matter like I'm gonna look at the thing. It's gonna be the Enterprise G, but it's really the Titan. Like I'm gonna always think of it as the Titan. And does this mean that we're going back to a place of exploration? Um, because like we know from Shaw that it's not the Enterprise of old. It's not the F, it's not the D, it's not the E, none of that stuff. Um it, I mean, like, it, it kind of has to... It's an exploratory vessel. It's not meant to have, like, a big old bunch of weapons and stuff. So unless there's, like, a major overhaul, it's not that big of a... It's not, like, a the Enterprise flagship-type vessels that we've been dealing with recently. So taking a page from what Eric just said, if I... That's like the that's like the biggest thing that's kind of irritating me with the episode. Um, I wish it wasn't. I wish the Titan wasn't the Enterprise G. Honestly, I wish that if they were going to do the Enterprise G, that it was just the Enterprise F. That we wouldn't have just we would just save the F for the very end. That there was no F, and that we just have the F be the ship at the very end that people are on, or just have it be like the Enterprise, or sorry, that the Voyager B, or something that. Seven ends up on. Like Eric said, like you can nitpick things to death. Um, that's like probably like a half percent in like the grand scheme of things. Like, does it really affect the story itself with everything else? Probably not. Um, this, I think, is a really good return to form, and I really want to start seeing more Trek like this. I'm going on the record and saying that. I want more. Trek from what we've seen in this season with or without like there can be a healthy amount of fan service I'm okay with that because like you gotta I think you gotta like give fans some of that stuff to keep them coming back and enjoying the franchise like that's why they're there to begin with um all this pontificating to get to my point that um I'm also giving this finale a 10 so with that Lieutenant Commander David. Okay. So I, I'll, I'll start with uh, Vox first and then move into the last generation. So I, I think in, in a somewhat speedy way, I, I think Vox was... Um, okay. I wasn't necessarily wholly thinking that Borg stuff was going to make me overly happy when it <laughs> came to um, the direction that we were going with sort of Jack's uh, psychokinesis or whatever you want to call it. But that that episode, I think, filled in some you know, small lingering doubt for me and provided a, a great leaping off for, for a finale. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. And I was brutal. I mean, the entire scenario was brutal. You know, the, the, the changelings bringing in this, I don't know what you want to call it, 
Borg genetic material and, and literally taking over Starfleet through their transporters. Like, the explanation of that, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's just terrible in a good way. <laughs> it was, it was, it was such a threat. And, you know, one of the gripes, you know, I know I've had about some of our other shows is that the, you know, the big bad at the end just doesn't seem all that big or bad. This is bad. Like this, this is like, you know, using your everyday technology against yourself. I mean, it's not necessarily conspiracy theory, but even in today, when we talk about, you know, what happens in 10, 20 years, if all we have are electric cars interconnected with the web and all this sort of stuff, what happens if they all get hijacked or, or blah, 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 blah. I mean, you could do things that smart enough people could crash the entire infrastructure of driving, let alone in the future when your entire mode of, I don't say your entire mode of transportation, but one of your major modes of transportation is transporting. <laughs> you know, you did it on earth to, you know, you, uh, today I'm in Louisiana and next week I'm in Paris or, or a few hours later I'm in Paris or whatever. So it, it's, it was so startling, the, the entire plan coming to fruition here. And to see the entire fleet being turned over was such a, such a mad visual that I, it was crazy impactful. So I, I really liked Vox. Um, in, in my opinion, it wasn't like a perfect episode of Star Trek you know, just like a, a perfect 10, but I, 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 I kind of, I think I'm just going to linger on what I was sort of thinking the, the week before and just put it in a nice hearty 9.2 and, uh, and have that live on, uh, for the future. Now, last generation, I think that I really appreciated the length I really enjoy long movies and in television format an hour is a long time to sit for television nowadays <laughs> but I like the length I like the fact that you know we have everybody in this showing the best of Starfleet you know showing all the ideals that, that you want Starfleet to stand for fighting against insurmountable odds but not balking in the face of we might fail but we're going to do it anyway because it's the right thing to do um having the crew back on on the enterprise d you know the nostalgia of that i think was was taken very very well all the little nods to all the characters there's there's just nothing really more to be said said about it. All that was was pretty perfectly done. You know, I think what really hits me is, you know, when we start talking about the personal aspect, and we have all this time with Picard and Jack, and and they're they're realizing this connection because what Picard needed was was a child. What Jack needed was a father. They weren't looking for anything complicated. It's something that 
millions of people, billions of people have, but they just never connected on it. And it was nice to see that we could do that. And I think, you know, even, you know, some of the stuff with, with, with Riker and Troy, especially throughout the series, um, seeing them come together and, and just the whole message of standing by each other, standing by your friends until whatever end that might be, I I think was really great. Um, I guess to just riff a little bit off of one of Chase's criticisms about the ship, I, I'm, I don't know. I still, when they, when they showed up, I was convinced it was going to be the, you know, the USS Picard. (laughs) And I would have been okay with that personally just flying through space in the Picard. Cause I mean, it's not like we haven't named ships after notable, notable people, but anyway, um, there was a lot of wrap up at the end, but that's how books do it. And, and I like that there, there's a, there's an element of comfort when you do the wrap up in a, in a, in a book. Uh, and I can, I can name several series that, that do that where the beginning and the end are two of my favorite parts because we have robust detail in the beginning and then we have robust closing at the end. So I liked all the cheesy stuff too, because some of it is cheesy playing cards and, and, you know, quoting Shakespeare and the doctors drinking blood wine and, but Worf's drinking prune juice, you know, all, all that stuff was just, in, in my opinion, so tastefully done. There, there were just a lot of great nods. So um, overall, it, it really was the best that we've seen in modern Trek. Um, and, and this is why I hope that at least this new Enterprise crew can continue. Because if they're able to re-harness that, I think you're looking at something potentially really special. And something that could um, hold up to you know, some of our favorite series, you know, Eric Voyager and and DS nine, mine, obviously DS nine and, and next gen. And, um, you know, I mean, chase really loves discovery, but we won't talk about that much, (laughs) but anyway, so complete agreeance. It's, it's a 10. There's nothing more or less they could have done. It was, it was what it was. It was, it was pretty perfect. Love it. Love it. Wow, and that's the only time that's ever happened. The, yeah, <laughs> I. This is what I want. I, we've been we we've been recap. Chase and I have been recapping since the beginning of Picard, right? January of 2020. David, you joined us that fall. Discovery season three. We've been doing this for three years, right? I want to come out here and be like, I I loved it. Ten. Like this is what I want to do. Like, and I want us all to come out here and love these episodes and not every episode is going to be a 10, right? We can't just give out 10s willy nilly. We could. Right. That the 10s lose meaning, but this is, this is what I want. Like I'm so happy right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's a good feeling having a straight up 10, just a straight up 10 for an episode. The series finale, mm-hmm. like, like they stuck the landing, right? They did. Like as much, I mean, how many shows like stick the landing? 
right? Not many. I mean, yeah. like, I know TNG, I think, stuck the landing, right? I mean, DS9, in my opinion, DS9, in my opinion, stuck the landing. Like, yeah. Um, Voyager? I think Star Trek Enterprise did. Well, I mean, you know, if you cut out the very last episode and stuck the landing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, we've seen it in this modern era. I know we're, we're going long here and I don't, but like, we've seen in this modern era of television, right? That beloved shows don't always stick the landing, right? There are a right. few notable examples out there right? that I don't have to get into, right? Because we're long on time. But I'm, you know, when you, when it sticks the landing, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, because this is such a special episode, we have to get to something very important, Eric. The Twitter poll. Twitter poll? Um, and this is a very special edition of the Twitter poll. You know why, Commander? Why is that? Because we have two. <sighs> yeah, I probably should have expected that. <laughs> I mean, how else can it be so, more special? Yep, yeah, so... Um, there were two. I asked one um, just kind of flippantly. Um, this was, um, I think it was like the day after Vox came out, actually. And then um, this one was like uh, the top when when the series finale aired. So we'll make this kind of quick. There were two options on both of them, so it's not like it's going to be um, too crazy. So we'll just kind of place our bets, and then I'll reveal the results at once. So... First question was, um, should William T. Riker become an admiral of any grade in this era of Star Trek? The options were make it so or negative. I mean, you know, he was retired, right? He was retired. He was on active reserve, whatever that means. But uh, he was retired making pizza in the woods, right? Pretty bad, by the way. Pretty bad, bad pizza. I mean, but like, I, I kind of want the, I kind of want them to just be happy. Like, go, what? Where's Kestra? Go back. Don't Starfleet like Academy. Is she? Right? Yeah. Is she? Is she? But like, kind of just want the three of them to be happy in the woods. I know they don't like Nepenthe, but like, I know the answer is make it so. But my, I personally would vote the other way. Vote it down. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know that I have a very strong opinion of that. I, I think the answer is going to be make it so. Um, I think I'm a little I'm a little bit uh, tarnished by some book writers okay. that aren't necessarily real or not. But I actually think the more apropos thing to do with Riker is to have his happy life away from Starfleet. I actually think that that makes more sense for that that person being the the father that he didn't necessarily have. Okay. Okay. All right, and the other question was and, and Eric kind of already alluded to this, but the question simply was did Star Trek Picard uh, the finale uh, stick the landing? Yes. That's no? literally the question. Did it stick the landing? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, the same. Did it stick the landing. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we know the answer to that is obviously yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, I don't know One if the person. voting will be a hundred percent, but 
So one person um, uh, replied and said, I voted, but I needed a third option because for me it's yes and no. No explanation after that? Nope, that was it. And I said, that's fair. Thank you for casting your vote for our Twitter poll. <laughs> okay. Yes and no. Okay. I, I want to know what that, whoever that is, I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that was um, um, Mary, uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but Mary uh, Mossholder. Uh, it's at Mary Moss 1971 on Twitter. After you listen to this, like, write back and explain please <laughs> i want to i okay. want to hear from you all right let's go to the results guys for these two so um <clears throat> so the question was about Riker if he should become a, um, an admiral of any grade in this era of trek and the um answer was or the the winner was i should say with 76.9 percent of the vote make it so. So you're correct. Wow! Alright, and then, regarding the Star Trek Picard finale, if it stuck the landing, 7.1% of the vote said no, which means 92.9% of the vote wow. went to people saying yes, Picard, as a finale, stuck the landing. So there we go. That is it, gang. That is it. So we don't have any more Trek to review until June when um, Strange New World Season 2 comes out. But uh, we'll hopefully be doing some stuff um, along the way. I've um, talked to you guys about um, a few ideas, um, kind of talking maybe about, like, conspiracy and, like, this Season 3 story arc and kind of comparing those and maybe doing, like, a mini-episode. We'll see how long it actually takes us to do and even revisiting some other story threads that have maybe cropped up in like some of the books that uh, we'll, we'll try and tackle as well. But guys, thank you so much uh, for, for talking Trek, um, especially for this, this season, you know, this final season of Picard and just the week in week out stuff of it. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, all of you out there in listener land, what'd you think of the finale? What'd you think of the series? Was this um, like the glorious, like masterful art piece of it compared to like the little like stick figure stuff like you've seen like those pictures right where it starts off as a stick figure and it turns into a masterpiece yeah, yeah normal, a lot was, of right? them that goes the other way around like beautiful yeah. horse in season one and then by season five it's the <laughs> stick figure <laughs> right right i think i think it went from like stick figure to like masterpiece well i think it was like just... decent picture in the in the beginning stick figure in the middle and then like the masterpiece at the end yeah yeah <laughs> Um, regardless of what you guys thought of it, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this uh, finale, the season as a whole. Uh, make sure you check us out, trtvpod.com. You can also um, uh, support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash these are the voyages. Uh, if you want to send us a note directly, share us your, your thoughts about this episode or just um, ideas for future episodes, um, open up hailing, hailing frequencies and enter in accordance to trtvpod at gmail.com. And also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before the fleet targets us and tries to blow us to smithereens, so please be quick about it. Finally, if you do want to mail us something, you know, like a little Eagle Moss, like Enterprise D, like the fat ones, we will gladly receive it. Uh, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, remember to boldly go 
can't make it so.